listeners, and welcome to another episode of Celluloid Citizens. Uh, my guest slash co-host today is Charles Meyer. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Sorry, spaced out <laughs> entirely. Hey, not an answer, but we'll look, take it. Look, look, I'm so excited to talk about this movie. Thank you again for having me on as a guest. We're still negotiating as a guest. We are still negotiating. I keep being like, you should be a co-host, and he's like, let's wait on it. So. Um, but yes, okay, so we are covering 1991's Point Break, mm. directed by Catherine Bigelow, who went on to do Zero Dark Thirty and all manner of more serious films. The Hurt Locker as well. Bo- the Hurt Bo- Locker, yeah. I think Oscar winners, one. right? Yeah, I think she got an Oscar for that. Um, but this is, of course, with uh, Keanu Reeves and uh, Patrick Swayze. And Don't forget the, Lori uh, Petty. The story is by Rick King and Peter... Ilif, and someone said it was based on a novel, but I have not been able to confirm that. So interesting. I guess I don't know enough about as much about Point Break as I thought. Right. I always just assumed it was just a movie, but can neither confirm yeah, yeah. or deny. So I'm not going to bother. I, I've even heard of Point Break Live, which was sort of a live Rocky Horror esque experience where. An audience member was drafted to be Johnny Utah, the Keanu Reeves role, and read all of their lines off of cue cards in a reenactment of the film. Well, that's insane. Um, but yeah, that's fun. <laughs> so yeah, I guess I how hmm, do I even start discussing this film? Well, the first question is, what is a point break? I believe it is a wave. Or it's like a a good wave for surfing. Yes, I did my research on this. I'm happy to fill you in. Okay. According to the Wikipedia definition, a point break is the place where waves hit a point of land or rocks jutting out from the coastline. And according to Degree33Surfboards.com, um, I'm taking their word for it. I don't know if they're experts. This could be incorrect. But they say that uh, when conditions are perfect, a point break can create a really long wave to ride as the wave wraps around a point or headland and then runs along the coastline of a bay or cove. Most surfers would consider a point break the perfect wave, as the actual time riding the surfboard will be the longest. So I'd say it's a pretty good title for a surf movie, right? Yeah, it is. Um, I don't know if I never actually, I don't know if I ever actually knew what it was. Like, I just was like, oh, it's probably a surf thing, or maybe it's just an action movie title. I've seen this movie like 20 times, and until doing research for this episode, I had no idea. They mentioned real briefly there's one part where they're like, oh, it's a good point break. And like, that's how they figure out the, <laughs> the beach where... Oh my god, it's so insane. It's like they have a they have like a soil sample with like various chemicals and they're like there are various beaches that could shut down for chemical spills or something. Well, I mean, look, cops have a science and the science of what they need to figure out is who's been robbing these banks. Yes. Right? To segue us into the plot of the film, um there's a group of bank robbers called the ex-presidents who wear rubber president masks and rob banks in the summer. Wholesome. Yeah. That's that's basically it. Yeah, and that kind of leads into the movie. Um, and we we meet up our star, our Keanu, Johnny Utah, uh, a rookie FBI agent and Ohio State quarterback. Got to represent my home state. Um, he's teaming up with Gary Busey to catch the surfers that Gary Busey thinks are robbing banks. Nobody else believes Gary Busey on this. No one else thinks so, but Gary Busey fervently believes this. Um, I do want to bring up the very beginning oh, yeah. of this film with the uh, the credits. Of course. Uh, it cuts between Patrick Swayze's character of Bodie uh, surfing and Keanu Reeves's character of Johnny Utah, just like in torrential rain, for some reason shooting, doing his shooting tests. Um, and at the very end, there it's it's the it's the wet shot exam, Sean. And in, in the FBI, it's the wet shot exam. Intercutting, and at the very end, you get perfect score yeah. or something and a thumbs up. He did a good job at his wet test. I was just like, holy shit! Yep, that's the tone. Now he now he can be an FBI man. He did. Now he can. He's young, dumb, and full of cum, and <laughs> it's really uncomfortable that his superior says that to him. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, yeah, that's not great from your boss, is it? That that's bordering on sexual harassment, maybe. I mean, it was '91. It was sort of a different time. Doesn't make it a good time. It's still not good, though. Yeah. So we cut to 
Well, I mean, we also have um, just a real quick thing of the presidents, uh, the ex-presidents. Yes. <clears throat> excuse me. Robbing a bank. Um, we get our first taste of Patrick Swayze's, like, I forgot the exact line. It's something like rock and roll. <laughs> like, as they jump out of the car. And it was like, why is he saying it like that? <laughs> I mean, look, Bodie, Bodie's an entity unto his own. You know what I'm saying? He... Mm. Yeah, no, he is very, he's like a weird bank robbing surfing mystic. Yeah. Which you would think would be dumb as hell, but like, I don't know, man, I kind of dig it. He's he's an amazing, amazing character. One of Swayze's finest. It really is. So we cut to um, Keanu Reeves and it's his first day at the FBI and I think LA. You know, I don't actually know where this movie and, takes uh, place. that guy from Scrubs is his boss, and he's very angry all the time. Oh, John C. McGinley from Scrubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he is unpleasant. He is an unpleasant boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy from Scrubs is his boss, and he's very angry. There's a weird uh, tete-a-tete where it's like, I want all my men to be eating healthy and in good cardiovascular shape. And Keanu Reeves says, I, I take the skin off the chicken I eat. And then he eats a donut, and it's like, oh, you cad. <laughs> he's so charming. He's so charming. That's so painful when he reminds you, oh, yeah, this guy's a cop. But he's so charming in these little moments. It's true. Yeah. Um. But so he he meets up with Gary Busey, who is, for some reason, being blindfolded and made to swim in a pool and pick up bricks off the bottom of it that's also the wet test it's it's a very it's it's rigorous this fbi training they got to do their dry and their wet tests yeah but so we hear the we hear this phrase twice and i had to ask you because i figured you had looked it up um it's like oh he's a blue flame you know and then again we meet oh, yeah. gary Busey, and he's blindfolded and he's talking to counter reeves like they're sticking with me with another blue flame and then there's that moment where he takes off the blindfold and he's like, oh, no, it's Johnny Utah, my blue flame. Classic, classic, classic moment. It is. Um, I had never, the thing is, I had never heard this phrase and then you hear it within 10 minutes, twice. So you're kind of like, what the hell does that mean? Yeah, it's 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 cop lingo. It's, it means a like a hot-headed rookie, basically. Right, and it makes sense when you explained it to me. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but so... So we uh, we cut to a, ro- a bank that's been robbed and the FBI is on scene, their bank robbery task force. <laughs> and they are checking out the scene of the crime and they find out about the, I think they call it like a burner vehicle, basically the vehicle they robbed the bank in that's been dumped. Right. Uh, and uh, Johnny Utah is like, let's go check it out. Um, <laughs> whatever that guy's name is. Talking about Busey's character or one of the other? Uh, Busey is yeah. Angelo Pappas. Angelo. Let's go, Angelo. Yeah. And they go and they check it out. They're not really finding anything. Uh, Keanu Reeves intentionally, like, baits uh, Gary Busey's character. Like, you're an idiot and an old man. He gets them all riled. I love that scene. I love when he gets them all riled up like that. It, it speaks to his character, and it speaks to Busey's maybe lack of character. It's true that you can just get, like... If I'm being honest. It's just like, get fucking mad, man. Are you alive now? And it's like, okay, well... Keep track of this, because this is, you know, this is one of those early 90s adrenaline movies. It is. It's 100% pure adrenaline, I believe. It is. And, um, but yeah, no, I mean, like, so he gets Gary Busey, Angelo mad, so he'll finally admit, like, all right, I think it's a bunch of surfers, but no one else believes me. Uh, and then they cut back to this uh, FBI headquarters, mm-hmm. and they're going through uh, surveillance tapes and they see one of the oh i forgot to mention this one of the guys moons the security camera because of course yeah it was it was because, 1991 because why not uh and gary Busey's like well you see the tan line there that's why i think these guys are surfers <laughs> and also they found quote sex wax uh some guy skid across the counter and they found it on the counter and it turns out that's used to um wax surfboards yeah yeah and then gary Busey jumps on the table and yeah that's surfing. it's such of course it's such a lack of evidence you know it really is it's like we found a tiny bit of wax so it's probably surfers and like and this guy's tanned even though he lives in california it's like look nobody pretty sure that's most of the population nobody's tan out there it's a very pale city um but let me but, think here so oh yeah so they decide as you do, I guess. Uh, Keanu Reeves' character should become a surfer so he can go undercover. Sean. And he should actually learn how to surf. Sean, are you saying the FBI is going to pay Utah to learn to surf? They are. They're going to pay him to learn to surf because can't be Gary Busey. <laughs> it should have been. Well, that would have been it's such a, a different very, movie. 
They should have had a prequel where he actually did try to do it. <laughs> and it's just like, I'm fucking terrible at this. Oh, yes. I'd love that. But, um, so this is when we're introduced to, oh, God. Names, what are they? You know, Tyler um, Endicott, portrayed by Lori Petty. Yes, Tyler Endicott, portrayed by Lori Petty, who is the love interest, um, who... Uh, quote unquote saves Keanu Reeves' character. I don't know. The waves didn't look that big to me. Um, Ocean's scary, man. As look, it is. Hey, I mean, you know, you can drown in like a foot of water. So here's the thing I relate to Keanu's character of Johnny Utah. Johnny Utah's from Ohio. We that's don't. That's true. He's in a landlocked state, so he hasn't had much experience in the ocean. What are you going to do? Swim in Lake Erie? Get out of here. I mean, you, you can. I, I think I have, but it's not oh, the point. Okay. Not the point. You probably can't surf in it, though. No, no, there's no point breaks in Lake Erie. Sir. Okay, that's fair. Um, but so, yeah, he he is saved, uh, and then he starts spying slash perving on Lord Petty's character. Yeah, creepy, creepy. Bad guy. Yeah, this is our hero. Um, oh, God. I well, just watched this, too. But what um, he does okay. from there is he gets her license plate number, right? And right, he, gets, he gets the license plate and he goes back to the headquarters and there's, um, it's sort of uncomfortable how close he gets to the woman who works on the computer, but yeah, he's just like right there, just like, oh yeah. And everyone's talking about how great it is he gets to like have his, his in be this like pretty lady, including the woman. It's like, all right, sure. Uh, but it's just like, wow, man, what a bautacious babe, because it was 1991. It was. He has to, to correct someone at some point that babe is the proper terminology. He does, but so um, so this is kind of shady. He finds out both her parents died, and he's like, that's my in. It's like, oh, again, this is our hero. It's so, it's so fucked up. He's so likable and charming in the little moments. Then he does shit like this. You're like, what the fuck, dude? It's bad. So he... Goes to where she works, which is apparently at, like, a fried food place on the beach. Orders some shrimp. Uh, and is like, you know, man, like, my parents died, too. And, like, you know, ropes her in that way. Which is sort of shitty. It really is. I mean, it's not sort of. It is shitty. It's extremely shitty. But this begins there. Uh, this begins her agreeing to teach him to surf, and we get a... Learning to surf montage. Great montage. It's great. I love I love the way they film all of the uh the excitement, the adrenaline sequences, the skydiving, the surfing, even the foot chase. Just this is a beautifully shot movie. It I really it think really it is. is. I mean, like, even though the plot is sort of silly, like it's very pretty to look at, and like it's very entertaining. Cause it's like you're basically cutting from People surfing, to people partying, to people robbing banks, to people jumping out of planes, to people, you know, robbing more banks, to people jumping out of more planes. It's like like I said, it may be a perfect film. Like, I want to tell you, Sean, I want to tell you, and this is legit. This is not something that I am making up for the story of this podcast. And if this is no longer uh, um, relevant whenever this episode comes out, you can edit this out. But I was on the phone today scheduling my vaccination for the covid uh vaccine and right now it's 801 p.m eastern time i could have been getting my shot right this second but i said nope i have a previous engagement and scheduled it for tomorrow because i wanted to talk about this movie so much it is oh it 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 fills my heart with joy this fucking silly movie from 1991 i mean i have a unique a relationship with this film where, much like Predator 2, mm. uh, I think me and my best friend Dylan saw this, like, saw parts of this all the time on TNT or one of the like. Um, So I've, I saw this movie a ton <laughs> like, when I was 12 or 13, yeah. but I hadn't watched it in like almost two decades. So going back is sort of a trip because it's like what you remember from being a child, which is like, obviously, I remember the surfing and the, the shooting into the air and all that stuff. But there, a lot of it I, I dumped, you know, memory dumped. Because I was a child, I didn't see it from an adult's eyes. I always forget, like, the bad guys, like, there's surf Nazis that they have to fight. 
Yeah, no, and I forgot that Anthony Kiedis from Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> is one of them. Which is like, oh right, he was in this. That's fucking weird. Um, and he's in an amazing scene later on, but we'll get to that. Yeah. So let me think. Where are we in the timeline? Um, he has um, just oh, made okay. up his backstory. So I think around then is when we are first introduced to Bodhi. Mm-hmm. Um, one could argue that this film is about the bromance between Johnny Utah and Bodie. I, I would argue that any other interpretation is wrong. I don't know. Because it's like Lori Petty is there and, you know, Keanu Reeves' character keeps saying how much he loves her and all this stuff. But it's like the one he's hanging out with the most is Bodie. Well, the thing is, I don't know whether or not the love between Bodie and Utah is romantic love or a, um, a homosocial bonding love. But I don't care. I don't care. Their love is real and it's pure and... Mm, love this fucking movie, dude. Yeah, in a, re- in a weird way, it's like it reminds me of the love between Hannibal Lecter and Will Graham and that Hannibal show. Except except they were they wanted to fuck. Those two, like, like well, that's, that's not right, something. They clearly wanted to fuck. But, I mean, there's a similar, like, this person is bad for me, but I can't stay away thing going on. Yeah. And there's a similar, like... My job is to be law enforcement, and yet I'm putting that aside because I like this person so much. Mm-hmm. And I, I have, uh, I, I and will also, expand I mean, on Patrick Swayze. He's just a dreamboat in this. Oh, movie, absolutely! So. His hair is at full lion's mane, you know. And the character, you know, he's like Bodhi, short for Bodhisattva. So he's very, he's like oddly enlightened for somebody that goes around jumping out of planes and robbing banks. Yeah, it's. It, it it is it's I'm sure there's a name for the archetype of character like that, but Bodhi may be the best of that archetype. And I I do want to point out for the listeners who don't know the term Bodhisattva, perhaps um, our non-Buddhist listeners, um, a Bodhisattva is a person who is able to reach Nirvana, right? But they delay yeah. doing so out of compassion in order to save other suffering. To surf more, yeah. Yes, and to surf more, but mostly to uh, ease other people's suffering. It's true. Um, but so, yeah, they're introduced. Um, uh, let's see. I think what happens next is they they go to the beach and try to figure out whose hair matches the matches the chemicals that they found on the bank. Yeah, there's a fun scene of Gary Busey and Keanu Reeves just stealing hair. Just, yeah, they the, just go around stealing hair. You know, the classic hair-stealing um, montage. <laughs> obviously, you know, it's a 90s staple. Yeah, every every uh, movie had it. Indeed. Um, but so they go back and they figure out, yeah, we got a match. So Connor Reeves goes back undercover to surf that beach. Uh, uh, he snakes somebody. I don't know what it's called in surfing. In skateboarding, it's called snaking someone where you kind of like steal their their line. Mm-hmm. Um pisses the guy off the guy punches him in the face like while they're still in the water oh yeah bad water fight his wet training did not prepare him for this no no it did not uh and then we cut to the beach and the literal surf nazis start to surround keanu reeves and they throw down and there's like a surf fight like literally (laughs) with a surfboard (laughs) i mean you gotta right if you have a surfboard in hand that is a that's a weapon baby I know, it's just sad. I'm like, oh, you just broke your surfboard. Like, I don't know. I feel like a real surfer wouldn't be breaking their board, but he's not a real surfer. No, he's a cop. But luckily, Bodhi comes to save the day. He does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they they have a Roadhouse-style throwdown. Great, great, great. I almost I almost suggested doing Roadhouse uh, instead of this, but I really want to talk about surfing. Uh, but yeah, no, it's... Mm. The bros fighting off Nazis together. What mo- punching Nazis with your best friend? It's mm, I I don't have the words for how good this movie makes me feel, Sean. It's true, and uh, all the while Gary Busey's character of Angelo is sort of hanging out in a car, watching with binoculars, but he loses sight of Keanu, so he has this really dumb like, somebody stole my car stereo. Did you guys see? Who did it when they're when uh, Bodie and Johnny Utah are walking away just to kind of confirm, like, you know, Johnny Utah is OK. 
Yeah, you ever you ever think though, like that's a flimsy excuse. Like Gary Busey, I think is probably going to be the worst guy, like being undercover, right? Because like he does not read like somebody you would trust. Like you know, like if if you're going to be undercover, you, you can't be the weird yelling guy. You can't be the weird yelling guy. Well, maybe that's a way to hide in plain sight. Like, maybe they might think, like, what? Undercover cop would draw so much attention to themselves. Because he draws so much attention. <laughs> well, he's also, I think, just bad at his job. He seems that There's way. There's a part later in the movie where it's, like, it's literally fucking 1030. And I think they've been, at, like, staking out this bank for maybe two hours. And he's like, it's time for lunch. Keanu's like, it's 1030. He's like, go get me a meatball sub. No. Get two, two meatball, meatball subs. It's important. It's oh he he it wants these we oh I got opinions on these fucking meatball subs, dude. I can't wait till we get to that part. Ah, it's true, but it is kind of funny. It's like they've spent months staking out and trying to figure out who's robbing these banks, and then it's just like I'm hungry. Give me food, and that's when the bank get robbed. <laughs> get robbed gets robbed. Whatever. No, nah, either either way, either phrasing works. I mean, it's it's you know surf talk. Yeah. So I'm hopping into that bank. Get robbed. <laughs> Yes, that, that's, um, that's classic surf lingo. Classic surf. Uh, so, Lordy. Um, beach football's next, baby. You know beach football's next. Oh, right, the beach football. Because someone just randomly throws a football and Johnny Utah catches it. And they're like, oh, shit, man. And then cut to fucking night football on the beach montage for like 10 minutes. So much beach football. It's like the beach volleyball scene in Top Gun. I was going to say, watching this movie now, because I'd never seen Top Gun, and I finally watched it for the first time last mm, month. Lucky man. Lucky. I can't, I envy and you. And actually seeing it now, it's like, oh, so this is just Top Gun with, like, surfboards. Mm, I, I think... I mean, I think that's simplifying it, but it's definitely the same vibe. Like, I, the, I was watching the beginning, like, did Tony Scott do this? The homosocial bonding aspect definitely does match up to Top Gun, in that it's just guys being dudes together for better or for worse. Um, but I do think there is a movie that's a more apt comparison that I will reveal after the plot synopsis, because I'm excited to talk about this, too. There's so much about okay. this movie. But yeah, so they, um, they're throwing around the pigskin. Uh, Patrick Swayze's character, Bodie, catches the football. He's running it in. I'm not really sure how they delineate where <laughs> the... Where the end zone is, but whatever. See, I don't know enough about football to have ever noticed that in, in the movie. It always just made sense to be like, yeah, that's this is how football is. You don't I need mean, clear well, markings or anything. Even if you're doing it on the, like, feasibly for playing the game, there's one team that's trying to get um, to score on one side and one team on the other. Okay. So you would need some sort of line to be like, this is where you score points, this is where you score points over here. If you say so, I don't sir. see it, but... This sounds this not? sounds far fetched to me. This is football. Apparently, hmm. oh, I like uh, the beach so one better. Patrick Swayze's running it into the ocean. I guess <laughs> um, maybe the ocean is where you score points. Well, no, he kind of the, the they get in a little bit of a tussle because Johnny Utah pushes oh, yeah, him into the Keanu ocean. Oh yeah, Reeves like hauls ass and like knocks all these people down, and then he just like straight up tackles Bodie into the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's when they realize, like, oh, people actually pay attention to, like, they knew him just because he was a college football star. Yeah, and they're like, oh, yeah, it's like Johnny Utah. He played for Ohio State or whatever. Which I have to say, at, at first I thought, like, it's very silly to be undercover under your own name with, know, with right? your own like, mostly then, backstory. I mean, if you were a college football player, I guess it'd be kind of hard to... yeah. Like, if you were, like, uh, an OSU quarterback who was presumably good, like, as I understand it, as an Ohio resident, um, OSU is a pretty highly regarded uh, college football team. One of the uh, Big Ten, I believe, is the conference. Oh, all right. Yeah, so that's pretty... So it'd be kind of hard to be like, uh, my name is Sam uh, Shovel. Sam Shovel. <laughs> everyone's like, no, you're Johnny Utah. I watched you at the Rose Bowl or whatever. <laughs> Um, uh, but so they, you know, the hero worship him on that. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm blanking on what what yeah. that leads into. There's though. more surfing. They they all become friends. Um, and I, I believe following up, uh, Busey and Utah 
I'm sorry, Pappas in Utah. I, I, it's unfair to me to call one the character name, the other the actor name, but one, who, who's keeping track? Uh, Pappas in Utah think that's the surf Nazis. They think that's the ex-presidents. So Right, because, I mean, it makes sense. You know, they're violent, they surf, they're clearly criminals. Yeah, so uh, on, on one hand, they're keeping an eye on them, but also Utah is getting closer to Bodie and his crew, getting closer to Tyler. Um, and they have a moment going out on the beach where everybody comes back in. But, uh, you know, Tyler and Utah are still out there, and they, you know, I think I think that's when they share their first kiss, and it's real cute. It is real cute. They have, like, decent enough chemistry. And I always like seeing Lori, bleh, Lori Petty in things. Wonderful. Wonderful actress. She is. I loved her in Tank Girl. She might be the only thing I liked about Tank Girl. Well, no, Ice... No, 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 no. Ice-T is like a weird kangaroo man. Ah. It's also great. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I should... I wonder if they're ever going to remake Tank Girl. I wish they would. I wish they would. I've never read the comics. I haven't either. I've only seen the film, which gets into that weird kind of furry territory where it's like, so she's dating a kangaroo man. So does that mean she's like sort of having sex with a kangaroo? I mean, in a way, yeah. But then there's also the man part. So it's like, well, I don't know. Look, I'm no judgment, man. It's a post-apocalyptic world. There's a kangaroo man. He's hot. He's into you. Go for it. I'm I mean, saying. but then you could do the whole thing of like, well, if you have sex with a vampire, you're having sex with a bat. Sure. That's fine. And then that ruins all the, I mean, werewolf sex. Mm-hmm. Like, forget about it. I, I cannot forget about werewolf sex. I don't know. I don't know what downsides you're talking about here, man. Welcome back, everybody. So. Ad break. Yes. Before the break. We were covering Point Break. Hey, um, no, specifically we were. That's our at, sponsor this week is Point. Uh, the FBI was staking out these surf Nazis. Mm-hmm. You know, the Lee Singer, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and the other ones, <laughs> and the rest, and the rest. Um, I cannot go into words how much I love this scene. The raid scene is where very it's like good. They're staking it out. Well, first of all, the scene begins. With Keanu Reeves showing up late to his own raid because he's been asleep on the beach with Lori Petty. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, shit. And then he shows up and the dude's literally like, you're late to your own raid? That's how Johnny Utah rolls. But that's just how fucking Johnny Utah does it, man. It's well choreographed, you know. It's like you know, Keanu Reeves' character is outside the window and he's like on the walkie-talkie and he's like, oh, they're getting a bunch of guns. And, yeah, and the lawnmower. Um, Angelo's character is at the front door. He's like, oh, I lost my dog. And there's some lady in a really high bikini because it was the 90s. The fashion of the time. You know, it's like the, the bottom part goes up to the stomach. It was the fashion of the time. But he's like, yeah, I haven't seen, haven't seen my dog, have you? And she's like, get out of here and... So Keanu Reeves is desperately trying to get in touch with everyone. Like, get him out of there. Don't let him pull his badge. Like, they're getting a bunch of guns. But there's someone mowing their lawn across the street, so they can't hear it. And thus, Angelo pulls his badge, and just all hell breaks loose. Yeah, the Nazis are pretty stocked up with guns. They, they 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 got the weapons. They really are. And, like, I love this shootout. It's so insane. It's, it's fun. It is. People talk so much about the, uh, the street chase later in the movie, but. This gets really under right, yeah. underappreciated, the, the fucking raid. I mean, like, there's, like, a naked woman just, like, beating the crap out of Keanu Reeves. I, there's just so much going on. There's, like, people getting shot. There's people getting used as human shields. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's no, it's, we've been spoiled nowadays with movies like Dread, The Raid, that have these real great intense shootout scenes. Um, but for especially for 1991, this was fucking top notch, in my opinion. Yeah, because it's like, you know, you had your action movies in the 90s, but they tended to be very, huh, how do I, well, I guess Die Hard technically was 89, right? Yeah. Okay, so that wasn't the 90s, that was late 80s. When was Speed? Speed would have been 92, I believe. Okay, so this was, yeah, early. Yeah, I don't know, there's something special about Point Break where, it's just, it deviated just enough from the regular action films that you were like, this is really interesting. It did, it did. Um, shall I try to think, now, now I understand why you were trying to figure those those uh, movies out. Like, yeah, I'm trying to remember what was... Right, you're trying to think of like, 
90, like 90 to 91 action films. And it's like, I don't actually. Now Cliffhanger was later, wasn't it? Rambo 3. I think it was later, but I'm sure there were others. Like, I'm just not going to bother to look it up. But... Yeah, it's it's not that important on this tangent here. But Point Break is, I mean, Point Break is pretty nuts. Uh, Anthony Kiedis, sorry, whatever his character's name is, gets shot in the foot. Just like, <laughs> foot explodes. Real gross. There's a, people, for some reason in my head, this was a PG-13 movie for a long time. But there's a lot of, there's they say fuck like a hundred times in this flick. Well, I think there's probably, the like me, you saw the TNT cut that was probably on the air. You know, the I think that's what it was. I think a lot of my viewings were of the TV version. But yeah, like the actual version is like some chick with her taws out stabbing somebody in the back. Oh, I forgot she had the, the knife. Yeah, she likes... She like straight up stabs someone. Oh man, it's it's this raid is is fucked up. Keanu did not do it a service by showing up late. Uh, no, to and a- so okay, but so everything leads out. Um, Keanu like tackles a dude out a window. Yes, and then we're obviously it's like the Chekhov's lawnmower, <laughs> just like revolving around this lawnmower. They like. Drop to the ground, one of them has a knife, so the knife gets knocked out of the hand with the lawnmower blade, then things turn, and this uh, surf Nazi, even though he looks suspiciously uh, like a person of color, but anyway, uh, this surf Nazi grabs Keanu and is, like, trying to push his face into the blades of the lawnmower. Busey saves the day once again. Just like in Predator 2, another great 90s action movie from, actually, I think, 91, right? Yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Predator, t- Predator 2 and Point Break, a year for that Busey. That was a hell of a year for Busey, yeah. So, needless to say, this raid got fucked up. Um, they find out there was a guy undercover with the DEA who was like, I was going to find out who their supplier was. They had two kilos of crystal oh. meth. Yeah, and this is actually... Um, Such a big fuck up. Oh, God, I always forget the actor's name. Tom si- Tom Sizemore? Yeah. Oh, Tom Sizemore. Yeah, uncredited role, Tom Sizemore. I forgot about that. Was he uncredited? Yeah. That is a bad movie. Um, it deserved so much better. Um, because the book the book is fantastic. I love the It Pender does have Gaff some books. moments like that are really cool. Like I like the creature design and there's some chasings. The creature's cool, amazing. But like yeah, it just didn't come together that well. It's a bad movie, but the creature is amazing, and Tom Sizemore is pretty fucking good. He's pretty fucking good. I mean, the whole conceit of it being in a in a museum is pretty sick. Yeah. Like, I love those contained kind of things. You know, it's like Die Hard. It's like, I think one of the things that makes the first Die Hard so great is it's so contained. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it is um, almost like a submarine movie, right? You're just trapped in this place. Yeah. Or like The Shining, where it's like you're trapped in the hotel yeah. and like you're on the mountain, so you're snowed in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love some confinement, man. Uh, so, God. Okay, so, yes, so this happens. Uh, Keanu's sort of pissed. He goes, he's... Aw. I assume he's dating, um, Tyler's character now. Oh, boy. They're together. They're in the bed, and (laughs) the doorbell rings. It's like five in the morning. Uh, so... Johnny Utah checks the door, and it's Bodie and his crew. They're together. And they're all like, let's go serve they're them, together, man. So they to go out. Um, this reveal is, like, one of my favorite in cinema. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's like Johnny Utah's on the beach, and he's watching Bodie and his crew surfing alongside each other. And it's like one of them, like, is sort of bending. And he's like, and he, he moons everyone. He's like, I recognize that ass, basically. Like, and then he sees, like, Wow, look at how they are in formation when they're surfing. And he puts it together like, this is the bank robbery crew, which is like, great cinematic moment. I feel like it's total horseshit, but okay. No, it's, look, you you watch three seasons of Hannibal. This makes just as much sense as any of the leaps they take in Hannibal to figure out a case. I mean, that's fair. That is fair. But it is just great that he's like, look at them surface one. They must be the bank robbers. I mean, he's right, though. He's true, though. So he's just like, I have to go return some videotapes. No, um, <laughs> forget what the hell he says. He's just like, I'm missing a he meeting has a new with client. a client. Yeah. And he just dips. Um, and then he's talking with Angela, like, that's them. I know it's them. That wasn't a bad Keanu. Thank you, Sean. That's not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> yeah. No, that, oh, already gone. Um. <laughs> Oh, it's 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 there that it's gone. It's fleeting, like everything it's in a, life. If I try to do it, it doesn't work. It's when it's completely natural. That's when it happens. Uh, but so 
Um, oh, yeah. So Keanu Reeves' character is like, we've only got a limited amount of summer left. I noticed these guys were boxing up all the shit in their house. They're getting ready to leave. So they're probably going to do one last bank score. And I noticed that Bodhi was hanging out at this one bank for like 20 minutes. So the next day they are staking out the bank. And this is when we get the famous <laughs> go get me two meatball subs scene. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, fucking fucking Pappas, like he loves Calvin and Hobbes, which I can relate to. I know, he's like losing and his mind. He's like, that Calvin and Hobbes. And I'm like, again, you're the worst undercover detective ever. You're like screaming about <laughs> Calvin and Hobbes, like he's, outside the bank. He's screaming about it like it's the first time he's read Calvin and Hobbes, like I in mean, 1991. Uh, you know, again, this is probably giving too much credit to the character, but maybe he's trying to be a like, Hiding in plain sight thing. Like, again, who would be undercover being that fucking loud? Yeah, yeah. But I, I think he's just an idiot. I think that's what it is. But also, like, people are going to notice. They're going to notice the weird guy. Even if they don't think he's a cop, they can maybe put it together later, right? Like, I don't know. Keanu goes to get some meatball subs um, and a tuna sandwich. Uh, and that's when the ex-presidents roll up to the bank, go in, rob the bank. <laughs> a wonderful, wonderful shot. Like, just over his shoulder, like, out of focus as he's ordering, seeing the fucking presidents get yeah, out of the car. Yeah, but I still think that's more on Gary Busey's character. Because, like, Gary Busey's, like, directly across. Oh, it's, it's Busey's fault. And he doesn't notice at all. It, it's entirely on Busey. I agree with you 100%. Right, but so, thus, we get this amazing car chase that leads into a foot chase. <sighs> oh, my goodness. Just so... Okay, so, like, where do you even start? <laughs> so they're still in masks, like the presidents, mm-hmm. first of all. Um, and you get, like, you know, the sh- I think they're shooting out the window type stuff. Typical kind of car chase stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just really well done. It makes me miss the days when people would actually do, like, practical uh, effects with, like, an actual car. Wow. Um, I got, I in my thesis at the end of the synopsis, I've got a movie franchise that I think you should check out that uh, you might be learning about. If you like practical effects with cars. Okay. All right. I'm 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 waiting, but... Yeah, you are. I'll be a patient boy. Um. So, yeah, they're, you know, Angelo... I think it's Angelo's driving. Um, chasing down the ex-presidents. Yes. And eventually... <laughs> uh, they, like, draw... The ex-presidents, they drive over, like, one of those strips that, like, pops the tires. Well... Immediately before that, like, they're, they're driving so close to each other that Angelo reaches into the other car and grabs the guy. Oh, and that's like, true. I got He's you, like, I got you now. Until they almost, like, run into a, a toll booth. And then Angelo just drives into a fucking toll booth. Yeah, but yeah, that's crossing the wrong way in the toll booth. That's when the, the, the boys, the gang, get hit with the uh, tire strip. Right. Um. But so they pull over to a gas station. They, this shit is insane. They, like... Get a new car and then <laughs> the light the old car on fire by taking the <laughs> the nozzle, like, you know, that you would use to fill your car with gas and just lighting that on fire, hitting the car with, like, liquid fire. Yeah, that's that's how that works, right? That's not, not an invention to film. Keep in mind, I live in New Jersey and have never pumped my own gas. Is, is that accurate? <laughs> I mean, dude, I feel like it would have just instantly blown up, but whatever. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. I don't think I would know because I would never bother to try. But anyway, so yeah, he like, you know, lights that car on fire. Then Johnny Utah rolls up and we get a like fist fight while Bodhi's character is literally on fire. And then we get the, I think the scene that most people remember, which is the foot chase, which is through houses and it's just nuts. It's like Bodhi's breaking windows and like landing inside houses and falling over, getting hit. By brooms, again, reminiscent of Predator 2. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Danny Glover and the Predator go through quite a few houses. Yeah. Um, Wheel of Fortune was on, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and my favorite part is there's there's a part where, so Bodhi gets outside first, and he grabs a pit bull mm-hmm. and throws it oh, at Johnny Utah. Yeah. Which is like, just like, what? Like <laughs> That's bad. Don't, don't. Look, these are both bad guys. Both of our heroes are villains. They're not good people, no. And I'm pretty sure Johnny Utah just kicks a dog. He kicks the dog. Like, firstly, don't throw a dog, Bodie. Secondly, don't fucking kick a dog, Johnny Utah, please. No, so they suck. But anyway, they get to this, uh, I guess like a, what the hell are they called in LA? Uh, Like a drainage 
area like a, yeah i don't know what they're called either i, I call them a, like around here they're arroyos but i think an arroyo is slightly different because those aren't necessarily paved but like you know where like overflow water would go yeah yeah uh Bodie jumps down uh johnny utah uh falls and hurts his knee again because he he famously has a uh, football injury of his knee right, that's why I he had to, to quit he, he effed up his knee and that's why he couldn't go to the nfl i guess um and then we have the you know the famous uh, Keanu Reeves' character looks at Bodie. He sees Bodie's eyes. He realizes that is Bodie, and he can't shoot him. So he just like real frustrated fires his gun off into the air and unloads the uh, unloads the magazine while screaming ah as as immortalized by Hot Fuzz. Yes, exactly. God, the, the the emotion there. That's this is the real Hannibal shit. Is seeing these two two dudes knowing they can't they can't bring themselves to hurt each other. You know. It's it's beautiful. Yeah, there's like definitely a gravitas to this yeah. romance. Like it's the it's the first time you realize like uh oh Keanu Reeves can't do his yeah. job. Yeah, that's because different movie he shoots him and that's the end of the movie. I mean, a different movie it ends with an explosion. It, it would have had to be station. a little longer because I think it was only the hour mark. Yeah, it's true. Like th- this movie, like it, it kind of goes a little slow, but in, not in a bad way. It takes its time getting to the meat. It's not. I would say not necessarily slow. It's just that. I think, you know, like nowadays we're spoiled with like, people have no attention span. So it's like, if it's a robbery movie, they have to be like Robin Banks from minute yeah, two. Yeah, the, the Mandarin is going to blow up a house in the 15 um, minute but mark. But this one, it's like they start with the robbery, but then they spend a full hour just establishing characters and having surf montages and, that's, and parties and all that sort of stuff. We don't get the actual like and it's, it's, major robbery until the hour mark. And it's a two-hour movie. That's why the character development works so well. They make you fucking wait for your dinner. You know? It's... Mm. It's true. You're absolutely right. Movies nowadays, they spoil us too early. They gotta make you work for it. Yeah, but I mean, no one has attention spans anymore because everybody's watching through their phone, so... Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to say Christopher Nolan may have a point, but... I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, anyway, I don't know. Anyway... Uh, don't listen to me because you're listening to a podcast, so I'm profiting off of that lack of attention. Yeah. Uh, which isn't really true because these are usually an hour long. Anyway, God, what the fuck happens next? It's like... They fucking... God. Okay, so basically Bodie and the gang have to try and figure out now, like, okay, uh, he's a he's a fucking cop. Uh, we're, we're busted. Where do we go from here? Um... The non-president gang member, um, who I believe is named Rosie, is just like, hey, I can just go kill Keanu Reeves. But Bodie says no, because Bodie loves Keanu. So I'm like, Bodie loves Johnny Utah. And he has his own way of handling this. So his plan is brilliant and beautiful. He basically gets Johnny Utah up in the middle of the night and says, hey, uh, we're going, we're going skydiving, right? And... Say what you will about the beautiful surf scenes in this film. The skydiving sequence, for my money, is better than any of the surfing. Yeah, I think, yeah, because even having seen this at 12, like, the skydiving is what sticks in my head. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, the surfing is cool. Like, I remember the main, like, you know, reveal at the very, very end of the huge wave. Like, both visually, it's it's stunning. But the skydiving is... But emotionally... And again, I love this movie, and I love it for the emotion. This is guys just being dudes. Yeah, because it's like, he really knows that if he gets Keanu Reeves to do this, like, really life-changing thing, this, like, skydiving, which is, like, a total rush, you know, be able to, like, kind of have Johnny Utah's guard down and, like, convince him to do shit he probably wouldn't do otherwise. See, I dis- I disagree, because, as we'll talk about once they hit the ground, um... He already has a way to get Johnny Utah to do shit that he normally wouldn't. Well, that's fair. I just think... I think... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, I mean, I think part of the skydiving is just to shake him out of his comfort zone so he's, like, confused and, like, doesn't have time to, like, you know, be, like, properly prepared. Ah, so so cynical, my friend. In my opinion. In my opinion. Which is obviously perfect well, I mean, and right. are you going to take a gun when someone's randomly, like, let's go skydiving? It's, I guess... It's Bodie, dude. Have, but in but... in my... In my in my opinion, which obviously is perfect and um, can't just be my interpretation. I, I'm, yeah, any, any interpretation is valid. It's a fucking movie. But it, it, in my interpretation, this is just an act of kindness from Bodie before having to do his evil shit. This, he didn't have to do this. He could just wake John Utah up and be like, hey, I, I, I kidnapped Tyler and we're, we're going to make you do this. But that's not what Bodie does. 
Bodhi takes him skydiving, a profoundly life-changing experience, and we watch these five men bonding. Just the pure joy of them going down towards the Earth. And they all know that they're enemies, right? The four in the gang, the presidents, they know that this guy is the cop that is on to them, has been lying to them for months. Yeah. And Keanu knows that, he, he not only knows that uh, these guys are the ex-presidents, they're the bank robbers, he knows that they know that he's a cop. It is a supreme moment of trust between Bodie and, and Johnny Utah that Johnny Utah even got on the plane in the first place. This, it's, and, and may, maybe I'm crazy, but that just stands out as a remarkable, fucking remarkable uh, display of emotion in this film. On top, on top of the beautiful skydiving, the scene, the, the cinematography on this is fucking cool. I think there is something to, I don't want to get too much into gender because that's dumb. Uh, but I don't say, I don't mean dumb, but you know, like I don't like to over gender stuff. But sure. I do think that the fact that this film was directed by a woman might have explained why there's a little bit more like tenderness among the the characters. Like they're allowed to be vulnerable and to actually like... To actually like kind of bond in a way that I don't know that a male director in 1991 would have had them do. Oh, absolutely. I absolutely agree with you on that. Because it's like even comparing it to Top Gun, it's like Top Gun has those scenes, but it's like Top Gun, you know, there's the goose and, you know, Tom Cruise's character, but you never, no one else really seems like they bond that strongly. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I assume that Iceman had a bond with whatever his gunner's name was, but we don't really get to see that. The, they're kind of paired off, you know, uh, the the fighter, uh, the, the, the main pilot and the gun pilot. I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen Top Gun. <laughs> I'll be honest, man. It was okay, but like something about the... Cutting between the planes, and you have no idea who's in each plane. Is like it's a bit, it's a bit uh, frantic. Like I it's can hard that. to really. You're like, who's in which plane? I don't remember. I can anymore. see that. Yeah, but I like your idea of this being of um, Top Gun kind of being like the dark inverse of this type of male bonding. Yeah, because this is like not that Top Gun's a dark movie. You know, they're allowed to be like, like you know, like in another movie when Johnny Utah has Bodie up against the wall, it might be a little more like I'm gonna fucking kill you, mother. You know, mm-hmm. and like. Less like, hey, man, like, I'm just doing this for your own good. Yeah. But this is very, like, there's a give and take, you know? He's like, man, I don't even want to do this, but you forced me to do this. Yeah. They, they, like I said, they truly love each other. But yeah, so then we figure out that basically Bodie's like, if you don't rob this bank with me, I'm going to allow uh, Tyler to get murdered. Yeah, that's, boy, that's dark. That is... It's it's a dark turn from Bodhi. It's not completely unexpected, you know? We, we've seen some darkness from him. No, I mean, he's very, like, going back to Buddhism-like, he's very balanced. Because it's like, it's not like he's all good, but he's also not all bad. Right, you right. You know what I mean? Like, like, obviously, it's bad that he robs banks and, like... But when he goes into the banks, he's like, I don't want anyone to get hurt. You just have to convey strength. There's this whole thing that's actually pretty profound, I think, about, I mean, the line piece through superior firepower maybe isn't as profound, but it sort of sums it up. It's like, if you convey strength, no one's going to get hurt because no one's going to want to get hurt. Right, right. And like bank tellers know that everything's insured. They're not really going to, they're not going to put up a fight. Everything's insured. Yeah. I mean, they tell you in like retail jobs too, like yeah. if someone robs the place, just give them the fucking money. But, but so yeah, so they, we have sort of a mirroring from the very beginning of the film where it's almost like this, a mirroring of the same shot where it's, um, I forget who Bodie, what president he is. Oh, Bodie is, um, He's fucking uh, the shitty guy, Reagan. Oh, he's Reagan. Okay, so we see Bodie again. <laughs> why why do I have to specify their presidents? They're all shitty. And it's like, why is, is he trying to do a Reagan voice? I don't really know. I don't know. He just puts on this weird little lilt when he says it. He's like, this rock and roll. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's a Reagan voice. I don't. He was a little before my time. Um, but anyway, yeah, so they go in. Yeah, I don't really know. But anyway, so they go in. Um, they don't give 
Johnny Utah mask. He's just there, famous football star Johnny Utah robbing a bank. <laughs> I would love if they had had an insert where someone on the ground's like, is that Johnny Utah? <laughs> I saw him play at the Rose Bowl. Um, but anyway, I, shit goes wrong. There's a cop on the, there's like an undercover cop or something there. Yeah. And then there's a security guard who's like, I have a gun. And they obviously get shot. Yeah. And and one of the gang gets shot. One of the gang gets shot. I mean, every, a lot of people get shot. It's just that some of them get shot like fatally and Not some so fatally. don't because some have vests. Yeah, um, the, Jesus, what's his name? Fucking, uh, Nathaniel is the one that is shot and killed. Roach is shot and not killed. Yeah, and then, uh, for some reason, Bodhi takes off his mask. I still don't really know why. It's a very, it's a great cinematic moment, but, like, realistically, I'm like, why would, why? Yeah, um... No, you're right. I think it's just it's because it's a cinematic moment. It's the same reason Iron Man keeps taking his mask off. It's because they paid for Robert Downey Jr. What are you going to do? Right, right. They paid for Patrick Swayze. They want that Swayze face. And yeah, so uh, Patrick Swayze gets away with the rest of the surviving crew. FBI shows up to the scene. They're arresting Johnny Utah because they're like, you're an accessory to murder, which is fair. <laughs> it's fair, yeah. Gary Busey punches his boss in the face. Of course. Uh, and then... And then they get to the fucking yeah, airport. they go to the airport. They figure out what airport they're going to. They show up. Angelo is killed. Very tragic. Yeah. It's also sort of tragic because it's it's more or less Johnny Utah's fault. It is. He fucked up there. I don't remember why. Because he like, again, if he is able to just shoot Bodhi's character. Yeah, that's what it was. This sort of, this is what also reminds me of like Hannibal. It's like, it's like, you know, like he's right there. Just get him. But they don't, you know, he doesn't because he loves Bodhi's character and then someone pays the price. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so. Um, an- another president dies here. Let's say Gromit. Uh, one of them gets shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we have another skydiving scene. They go up. This yeah, they all get insane, on the plane together. Like, <laughs> this is fucking you know, cool. Bodhi's character skydives out. They don't have an extra. Oh, and the other guy that got shot, you know, skydives out. They don't have a shoot for Johnny Utah. So he just fucking jumps out of the plane with a gun. Yeah. With no parachute. It's a fucking baller move. I love it. It's. It is like very cinematic i mean again realism wise i don't think anyone would but no it's a film no it's it's you know we don't need realism honestly if this i want this to be my reality uh and i like i love the contrast here you know between like how peaceful and serene and loving the last uh skydiving scene was this this is forceful johnny utah's on a mission he has to get to Bodhi. Otherwise, he dies because he doesn't have a shoot. Not only does he die, but uh, he thinks that Lori Petty's character is going to die, too. I think he trusts Bodhi to let her go and keep his end of the deal. Well, in any case, he wants to confirm. So he manages yeah, to... Yeah, of course. Skydive down, grabs Bodhi, and he puts a gun to his head, and he's like, pull the shoot, and he's like, you're going to have to do it yourself, and there's this sort of, like, back and forth, where it's like, if you want to pull it, you have to release the gun, and we, like, Keep seeing the ground, getting closer and closer, and finally, as Johnny Utah does, he yells and throws his gun and pulls the shoot. They manage <laughs> to live, like, barely. Yeah, he fucks up his knee again. He fucks up his knee again, which is a recurring theme. Um, <clears throat> a truck shows up, picks up Bodie. They let uh, Tyler's character go. They hug. And then we cut to Australia. Nine months later. And... Johnny Utah finally finds Bodhi on this beach <clears throat> where there's going to be this enormous wave. He's waiting, waiting for the 50-year storm. Uh, Bodhi's been talking about it whole movie. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Johnny Utah's character explains, like, I went to this place and this place, tracking you down. I finally tracked you to here. He gets a hand. They fight and then he gets a handcuff on him. But uh, Bodhi's like, dude, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Where am I going to go? I'm surrounded. I'm not going to be able to get to New Zealand. So he lets him go. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Australian cops are clearly like, what the fuck? You know, and, <laughs> um, but he goes out and they're like, they're like, you let him go. And he's like, no, I didn't. Cause like, he knows he's just going to die. Yeah. Yeah. And he does. He does. Allegedly. And the very end of the film is Keanu Reeves like throwing his badge, which is like, okay. <laughs> he's done. He quits. Like, Beautiful. I guess he quits. Yeah. And I guess. The implication is that, like, Bodhi's philosophy has finally gotten to him. That, like, he's sort of like, I don't want to be a cog in the machine anymore. I want to be my own person. Yeah, the hero hero returns having changed. 
Indeed. Fucking. And that's mm. the film. Love this. So I have to say one thing. My, my thesis here is that Point Break walked so that the Fast and the Furious could run. I kind of figured that's where you were going with this. Oh, yes. Because this, the one could argue, one should argue, perhaps, that the first Fast and the Furious movie is a remake of Point Break. All right, we're talking about a young agent working undercover in an adrenaline, yeah, an adrenaline-filled recreational scene to catch a gang of thieves. Not banks this time, but uh, jacking, like, Xboxes off of uh, 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 trucks. Um, undercover agent gets so close to the gang... Uh, they, he suspects a different gang, not the one he gets close with. He gets an intimate romantic relationship with a woman per- peripherally involved in the gang. They, <sighs> he's find out he's a cop. He gets dumped. The gang finds out he's a cop. But at the end of it, the agent allows the gang leader to escape and quits the force. Now, I love the Fast and the Furious. I, I'll make no no qualms about it but point break point break is the better film by far i mean yeah i've seen some of fast and furious i've seen point break now like five times so the the first fast and the furious is one of the weaker entries in this franchise but i do think that going back to the first fast and furious with the context of the franchise that followed seeing the roots of these relationships i think i think fast and furious is almost as good as point break oh yeah, I'll give you that. But only after you've seen all the other ones, too, first, and then you go back to it. So, so really, in, in any realistic respect, it's, it's I mean, not really I think as in good. summation, like, Point Break is obviously sort of silly. Oh, yeah. Like, the plot is sort of silly. It's like surfing bank robbers, and then Keanu Reeves infiltrates them. It's sort of silly. Mm-hmm. But when you're actually in, and you're in for the ride, like, I don't know, it's really sweet. I, I agree completely. Like... All, all the casting in this movie is perfect, right? Like, nobody could be Bodie but Patrick Swayze. Like, I think of it like Megadeth, where it's like, yeah, you can look at Megadeth and be like, oh, they're sort of silly. Like, all their stuff has robots on it and they all have the long hair. But it's like, when you're actually in listening, you're like, this is pretty fucked sick, though. Yeah. I don't want to say that Point Break is the Megadeth of movies, but I cannot say that you're wrong. No, because there's a lot of other. Yeah, I, I cannot say that, that you're you're completely wrong though. Uh, but <laughs> but no, yeah, it is. If you can get past how '90s and like, I'll, I'll put it this way: if Speed is Metallica, then like Point Break is Megadeth. Uh, I don't know. I I don't like Metal. I don't like. Uh, I almost said I don't like Metallica as much as Megadeth. That's wrong. I don't. I don't like Speed as much as Point Break. If I'm being honest, they're both great. Well, no. What I mean is though, like that Speed is the one that everyone thinks of when they think of a '90s action film with Keanu yeah. Reeves. Well, The Matrix. But also The Matrix. I guess that's true. Then we gotta bring up some other band. Like I don't know. <laughs> the Matrix is the Anthrax of ah fuck. Who cares. But yeah, no, I say what you're Whatever. saying. The point is, Point Break is awesome. No one thinks about Point Break as much as they do about Speed. Like, one, one right. is the winner and they should. in terms of popularity. Right, but I think Point Break is more unique and has a lot more going for it. A lot weirder, a lot more quotable, too. Like, I don't remember any quotes from uh, from Speed. I mean, Speed, you just invent quotes. You're like, we gotta get the bus going faster, yeah. you know? Like, cause <laughs> that's pretty much what, the, what they <laughs> don't were. Don't slow down. <laughs> yeah, basically. It's my favorite Keanu quote from Speed. But, you know, like, peace through superior firepower. Like, I didn't even remember that was from this. No, that's, I mean, I think it was a, a saying before this movie, but. I mean, I mean I'm sure, I just, I don't remember, I didn't remember. It's, it's it. a fucking great line. Um, I'm so hungry I could eat the ass out of a dead rhino. I should have had yeah, you get three okay. of these. Yeah, got some great lines in this. Anytime I see a meatball sub, I think of this movie. I mean, my one of my favorites is just like a really dumb overlay where they're surfing. And Keanu's like, I'm fucking surfing. It's yes. Like, oh, yeah, it's I mean, so that's good. That's the film. The, again, the, the fucking love between Bodie and Johnny Utah is the defining point of this movie. It is. It's like a bromance for the ages. Or just a flat-out romance, yeah. Because you'll notice, when he goes to Australia, Lori Petty isn't with him. Well, because she's not a cop. You don't get to bring your girlfriend on I mean, FBI yeah, but, missions. Oh, I guess that's fair. But it's still like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know, like... Australia's pretty far away. Like, I think, I think all interpretations are fucking awesome in this. I mean, you could see it as like a sure, bisexual's yeah. journey. <laughs> like, 
Because he's like, I love this woman, but I also love this man. And which will I choose? But it's, mm, I just, mm, there's, I, there's, oh, there's, this is, this is a fucking, like you said, it's a silly movie, but it's very sincere about it. You know? It's like a tasty meatball sub of a movie. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. In general, like, I, yeah, I recommend Point Break. It's sort of silly, but it's pretty awesome. Hell yeah. And as a child of the 90s, obviously, it has a, you know, there's a soft spot in, soft spot, soft spot in my soft heart spart. for it. Yeah, of course. Uh, but I think that's going to wrap it up. So, Charles, do you have anything you wanted to plug? Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, go to fart.tomb.downloads, links to Twitter and Letterboxd and whatnot. Um, I I also, I, I lost my train of thought entirely there. I apologize. Please edit that out. (laughs) You know I won't, but it's fine. Ah, fuck. No, I won't. Ah, shit. Nah, leave it in, whatever. Um, yeah, that's it. Go, it's, that's how you get to my shit. Just go there. It's great. Sweet. Yeah. So we have a Patreon. By the time this episode's up, I might have a couple full-length episodes up on the Patreon. So if you want to throw me a dollar a month, it'd be greatly appreciated. You get some extra content, a mini episode about the Midnight Gospels. I'm going to be putting up a, an episode about the film Border and many more. So check that out. But until then, I'm Sean M. Thompson. Hey, and I'm Charles. And this has been Cellular Citizens. Thank you and good night. Via con Dios, bruh.